if you are finding that you're reading the books, you're taking the classes, you've hired people, you've joined the mastermind groups, like you're paying monthly money to be in this membership group and they send you content every month and you're like, I just don't know what to do with all of this. More than likely, if you're feeling stuck in that way, it's because you need to go back to basics. We need to revisit that problem that you solve. Welcome to Reinventing Perspectives. Today we have an amazing guest. We have Anne Watson. Anne, please tell us who are you and what's your mission? I am a business coach and I work with new coaches and communicators. So I live in Dallas, Texas, and my passion is helping women who want to either start a coaching business or who have a message they want to communicate out into the world, really get a solid handle on the problem they solve who they're solving it for, and then creating a signature offer that gets it out into the world with a smashing success that they're positively in love with. Your tagline is, think like a business so you can inspire like a boss. Tell us the meaning behind it. Really in the time that I have been able to work with coaches and communicators, the one thing that most of them have in common is they didn't go to school for a business degree right? So the idea of business is new to them. Mostly they've come through something. They've had a difficult time with health or life or relationships or whatever it is. And they've come through this on the other side and they've got this message in their heart that they want to share with other people. They typically do that through coaching or communication. So if they're a writer, a speaker, a podcaster, or a coach. Well, it really started to occur to me that what could happen that would be so beneficial for these women is if they used a couple of foundational business tools to get really hyper clear on what their message is, to get really clear on who they're serving, the problem that they're solving, and just use that foundation in order to help them clarify their message, grow their confidence, and just get that message out there to the people who need it most. So the idea is if I can help you think like a business, then you will be able to go out and inspire like a boss. To our listeners who are brand new entrepreneurs, how do you develop your idea so that it turns into a profitable business and not just a hobby? Sure. And that's the thing, right? Like if you have a hobby that's kind of your job, I've heard somebody call it a jobby before, right? But most of the people that I work with, they don't think of themselves as entrepreneurs or businesswomen. And that's kind of the mindset shift that I want to help them kind of tweak. But the way that you do this, that you take that message in your heart or that burning lesson that you've had to learn, that hardship you've walked through and recovered from, is first start with your story. Go back in time and think about what were the emotions that you were going through at the beginning? Then what was the catalytic event that really helped you begin to move past and heal through that? And then what is that one message that if you could take your ideal client and sort of shake them by the shoulders? and just part this one message that they would never forget. What is that message? And what you're doing there is you're really trying to figure out what is that clear problem that you're solving for someone? Because as soon as you figure that out, then the rest of it is just building out a program that easily helps people access the solution that you offer to the problem they're feeling the most pain about. Does that make sense? This makes sense. And I love the way that you've just simplified it. Yeah. Because a lot of times people get stuck in the information of what to do. Well, and I'll tell you what, it's something that I see all the time that there are tons of coaches out there. There's marketers, there's people that are selling you courses. They're trying to, you know, get you to get into their membership, all the things. But if you don't have 
those basics down. What is your mission? Who are you serving? What is the problem you solve? What is the solution that you give them in that process? If you don't have that down pat, then everything else that you attempt to do is just going to be noise. It's going to be a waste of your time and money because it's not going to click. You have got to get solid on those business foundations and then everything else that you do is going to work. But the marketplace is really, really cluttered with people who have an idea, a course, whatever that is, but you have got to get so clear first on what you're trying to accomplish before any of that will work for you. Now, I was on your Instagram and you recently had a very interesting story about niching down and the process of that. Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you what, I think some people, some coaches that I've talked to make it seem like niching down is the easiest thing in the world. And it's not. It's so hard, especially for those of us who are coaches or people with a message. We are here to serve, right? And we know that there are so many people that can benefit from what we have learned and the solution or the process that we've come up with. And so we want to help everyone. But what I have found is niching down is actually one of the best ways for you to really clarify what you do, who you serve, the problem you solve. These are the main things, right? Say you've got three different types of people that you want to serve. My advice is let's pick one and focus on it for three to six months. So you're niching down almost temporarily because in the three to six months, all of the content that you're going to develop, all of the things that you're going to say are going to be directed toward this one person only. And you're going to start to learn. You're going to get feedback from those people about what are their true pain points. And then you're going to start to learn, is this really the person I want to work with? And at the end of three to six months, you're either going to tweak what you're doing so that you can better serve that audience or you're going to pivot, you're going to pick a different niche, and you're going to try that for three to six months. So I know it is so scary to think about the whole niching down, but I promise you, you're going to get so much clearer on what you do and how you help when you are brave enough to just pick one either person that you're helping or process that you're using, pick one for now and go all in for a short amount of time. Once you've become an expert there, you can add other people to the niche. But the goal is for you to become the foremost expert on either the one person or the one process for a period of time. I love that test experiment approach to things because I think people get, oh, this is set in stone. And then because this is what I'm going to do, it becomes this whole huge thing. Right. But you need feedback. Yep. Yeah. It's not necessarily that you're looking to get your idea confirmed because chances are that if you have been through something or you have this message and this lesson has developed in you that you want to share, there are probably other people in the world that desperately need that. But what niching down and really focusing for a short amount of time, three to six months, what that does for you is it begins to help you figure out what are the exact words and phrases that my people are using? You know, what are the things they want me to speak into the most? Because you're learning to peel back the layers so that you can be more effective, 
right? Have greater results for your people, have greater results for yourself. It's that experiment, go all in for three to six months, and then let's evaluate. Then let's see, did we get the feedback we thought? Were people changing their minds? Did you hear it differently from people from the way that you experienced it? Maybe the most important thing, did you enjoy it? I'm huge on that. I want to make sure that the people who are building their businesses are enjoying what they do and who they're serving. Because when I started out, I'll just tell you, you know, my story, solopreneur, so excited to help people, did all the things, right? The marketing department, the HR department, the communications department. I was like building the coaching business and putting together the freebies and building the website. I was doing it all by myself, which is totally fine. But what I didn't do was pay attention to the things about that process that I really enjoyed doing. This is a big lesson for me. So two years later, when I decided to hire a coach for myself so that I could go to the next level, first question she asked me is, what do you love doing in your business? And I didn't have an answer for her. And the reason that's a mistake is because I need to know what to delegate off and I need to know where my unique zone of genius is so I can go all in on that. So yes, I definitely want people to niche down for a period of time, but I really, really, really want people to be intentional about noticing the things that they love, the things they could talk about all day, the things that brought them the most satisfaction, the things that were joyous when they did it. And then that way, as you grow, you know the things that you want to delegate first and the things you want to hold on to. That's uh, so important because you see a lot of people who are sort of gone through all the hardships of starting up and things are rolling and they're just no energy. Right. No energy for what they're doing. And that's the thing. And when you don't have the energy for what you're doing, it will lead to burnout. And I experienced burnout a couple of years ago and I was shocked. I thought burnout was like, I would just want to sit around and watch Netflix for a couple of days <laughs> and then I'd be fine. But burnout is slow and sneaky. And it comes in when you least expect it. And then all of a sudden you feel it all at once and your motivation dies, your passion dies. And then you start getting hard on yourself. Like this is so bizarre. A week ago I was fine, but then it's just that much harder for you to do your job and create the content and serve your people. So we definitely want to avoid burnout. And one of the best ways to do that is to really pay attention to the parts of your business you love doing. Then that way you can put most of your energy there. The other stuff can wait or be hired out and you will preserve your passion. How did you sort of come back from just that state? Well, I'll tell you what, coming back from a state of burnout is one of the hardest things that I've done. And it can be done. If you've got somebody listening that has been feeling like they're burned out, it probably looks a little bit like they just are struggling to get motivation for their business. The morning routine they used to do doesn't bring them joy anymore. They are struggling to sit down and create content when they sit down at a computer. More of the things they're doing are leading to feeling discouraged than encouraged, right? It's just this sort of like all over beast that lowers your level of energy and passion for the burnout. So some of the things that I did were I had to completely step away from my business, not necessarily from day-to-day -day activities, but I had to get out of my head. So I had to start developing hobbies and interests that were outside of the work that I was doing. Because what I was trying to do was create space in my brain 
to allow ideas and creativity to come back in. So, I mean, I got into like painting by number and I had my son teach me how to play some video games and really got involved in a philanthropy for rescue dogs that I just love and just was trying to get out there and experience different things that would be helpful to either take a break or help build my creativity for what I'm doing. One of the biggest things is it takes time. And so if you are not over burnout instantly, that's okay. Don't give up. It will come back. And then think back to what are the activities that you used to do when you loved it? So one of the things that I did, which has been hard in the last couple of years because of the pandemic, is I love going to live events. I love conferences and interacting with people. And so one of the things I started doing was when these live events were coming back up, I would buy tickets and go so that I could feed off that energy and be inspired and motivated. And it's absolutely crazy helpful. Another thing that's so helpful when you're trying to overcome burnout, and I know this sounds like a plug, I don't mean for it to be, but hire a coach, get a mentor, somebody who can speak into you, encourage you, help you figure out the things you can ignore right now versus the things you shouldn't, and will help you just really find your focus again. I'm a absolute 110% believer in the coaching process, especially because once I hired a coach coming out of burnout, I more than doubled my business. So that's my advice for people struggling with burnout right now. Thank you. I'm sure that'll help someone who's listening or they can share it with someone they know who's going through burnout too. And I mean, I've been there, right? Like we were just talking about it. Like these are real practical things that I have done to help me overcome the burnout. And so I just want people to know if you are dealing with burnout right now, you're not alone. It's not abnormal. You haven't done anything wrong. And you can get back to that motivation and passion. Just a quick ask. If you're finding this information helpful, please share it with someone that you know would love this conversation and would find this information beneficial. Thank you again for listening in. And let's jump back into our conversation. We've talked about the beginning stages and the importance of having that temporary niching down process. Now, how do you dial in on your ideal customer? Here's the thing on ideal customer. If you've been in the business or marketing world at all, then you hear it called the ideal customer, the ideal client, or even the ideal client avatar, your ICA. The first thing you need to do is really figure out what is that person struggling with, right? What is the big pain point that you have a solution for? So that's Right there, that's the most obvious answer, right? So if you've got somebody who is struggling to find peace in their soul, then you already know you want people who are struggling to find peace. They're going through hard times. They can't find peace. So you want to help them. The next thing, though, that you need to figure out is what are the words and phrases that they are using when they talk about that pain. And so this is one of the reasons why I want people to niche down for three to six months and just really listen. For example, if somebody who can't find peace is like, I lay awake in bed at night at 2 a.m. and I just feel all of this anxiety, like I didn't get enough done and I'm never gonna be good enough, then the next thing that you can do with your ideal client is create some content that says, are you lying awake in the middle of the night and thinking you didn't get enough done and you're never going to be good enough? You use those exact words and phrases that you hear from the client in your content, and that will help you attract more people 
who are feeling like that. They're going to say things to you like, it's as if you are in my head. And that's what we want. So that's the first thing. you got to really identify the pain points of the person you want to serve. Then you have to communicate those pain points to the person that you want to serve. And then the last thing is this different layer of finding your ideal client that I don't think enough people talk about is who is your premium ideal client, meaning who is the person that's going to pay you for your services? And what are they struggling with? What solutions have they already tried that aren't working for them? Thinking about the socioeconomic status, thinking about the goals that you've set for yourself, like how much money do you as the business owner want to make or how many people do you want to serve? Whatever those goals are, thinking about how can you get a premium type of ideal client into your process? Because you know, as most business owners, you're going to get people that just kind of want to do the bare minimum with you. Of course, they expect the moon. They just want to do the bare minimum and you want to serve them, but that's not going to pay your bills. So we have to think about the pain point, how we communicate it, and then who is that premium ideal client so that we can really focus our efforts on the people who need us most, who are willing to do the work and who have the income to be able to pay us. That's how we will grow a successful business that truly serves and impacts the lives of others. Thank you for talking us through that process. It becomes so simple and easy to understand and so actionable. What is the biggest mistake that you see most business owners make? Well, we talked about that a little bit, which is just not paying attention to the parts of the business that you really love doing. But I would say kind of alongside of that, another mistake I see business owners making is getting overwhelmed with all of the ideas and thinking that they need all of the fancy things in order to build a truly successful business. You don't need all the fancy things. You don't need the marketing degrees. You don't need the whole marketing staff. You want some nice branding and you want to be clear on your messaging and you want a signature offer. After that, it's about talking to people and getting them to purchase your offer. You can do all the fancy, exciting things as you grow later when you hire a team. But in the beginning, I think, it's important to protect your mental health and telling yourself you don't have to do all the things right now. You want the absolute fastest path to clients or success. And that is know that problem you solve and for who, create that signature offer, and then talk about it. That is all you need to do. Everything else would come with time, but I just don't want to see business owners get overwhelmed by all the things. There's tons of information out there and everybody wanting to sell you something. You don't need all the fancy things in order to have a successful business. Directing your energy to that quick win. I think it's so understated because if you keep getting discouraged and you keep getting you know, negative feedback, eventually you throw in the towel. Absolutely. And sometimes negative feedback looks like no feedback, right? Especially for women. When we put our heart and soul into a piece of content or a social media post or something, and we don't get a big response or reaction to it, then we don't just see that as discouragement. We see that as negative feedback. And it isn't. 
I promise it's not. It's just simply, you need to be consistent about creating that content for the message that you have for the people that you serve. When you can do that over a period of time, the success will come, but you don't need to focus right away on building the website and building out your brand kit and building out your email list. And I mean, all those things are important and they will come. But when you're just starting out, you got to stop yourself from being overwhelmed and focus on the main thing. Now, when you talk about a signature offer, for someone who's starting out, they're like, well, I don't have a signature offer. Well, I don't know what my signature offer is. Or I think I can do multiple things. At what point should someone have a signature offer? When I say signature offer, really what I mean is the offer that you currently have that you are focused on, right? And you only need one offer in order to begin to build your business. So you don't need different levels of your offer. You don't necessarily need to have tripwires where you're having people upsell things. Like you don't need all of that. We're talking about the basic idea of what is that problem you solve and the process around it. So, you know, if you're a coach, it might be what are the steps that you're going to take somebody through to get them from point A to point B? Those steps right there, that is your offer. That's the thing that you do that's unique to you that nobody else does. And that's what you're selling. Although I do have to say, I feel like selling sounds like an icky word, right? Most people hate that word selling. And it's not even that you're selling, it's that you are serving the people that you help. And what it is, is you have this solution and you want to show people how they can have it too. That process that you create is your signature offer. And it's just that easy. Now, I saw this on your, I don't know where I saw it. I don't know if it's your website. And it caught my eye. It was like, what do you do when you're taking the classes, you've hired the coach, and you still don't get it. Yeah, absolutely. And this is, again, we talked about this a smidge, where if you do not have the strong foundation in place, then the classes, the coaches, the membership models, the free downloads, the you know online organizing platforms, none of that is going to work for you. And you're going to feel like you're really spinning your wheels. So if you are finding that you're reading the books, you're taking the classes, you've hired people, you've joined the mastermind groups, like you're paying monthly money to be in this membership group and they send you content every month and you're like, I just don't know what to do with all of this. More than likely, if you're feeling stuck in that way, it's because you need to go back to basics. We need to revisit that problem that you solve, how you articulate the problem that you solve. The person who's in the most need of that solution, what are they feeling? What are they struggling with? What do you wish they knew? And then we can build out how you help them that becomes your signature offer. And then we begin to communicate it to them. When you can do those things, you will find that the courses that you've taken and the memberships and all of those things, they start to make more sense because you are hyper clear on what you're trying to do. All these other things are tips to help you do it better. But if you're finding that they're not making you better, they're just confusing you, they're making you overwhelmed, we need to go back to basics. I promise you that is not a shame thing. That's not that you have done anything wrong. In fact, I think absolutely every entrepreneur or business person or communicator, coach, whatever it is, you need to schedule at least a day every single year. Some people do it every quarter to revisit all of those things that you do and make sure you're still on target. 
that you're still talking to the same person. You're solving that same problem. You don't want to tweak anything. And you may want to tweak something. You may have learned something about your client that's going to make your product or offering better. And again, just continuing to evolve, continuing to grow, you need to kind of do that self-audit at least annually to make sure that you're still on target. So again, if you're feeling confused or overwhelmed by all the courses and the options and the things you got to do and the things you got to build and all that, and that's confusing, let's just come back to basics. Let's just come back to problem we solve, who we solve it for, how we communicate it. Especially since we're talking to an early entrepreneur audience. Issues of like charging what you're worth and sort of being aware of keeping your business afloat. I saw this on your Instagram and I loved it. It was a quote that says, know your worth and add tax. (laughs) Especially women tend to undervalue the work that they do. We've been taught for some reason that I don't understand that we need to be able to do what we do for free or be generous or it's humility to give it away for free. And those things are just simply not true. We absolutely deserve to build a business that is not a burden to our families that can at least cover the cost of owning the business, like covering the cost of having a website or a computer or a laptop or a set of headphones or whatever it is. And then even to build a business that provides blessing to us so that we can grow the business, hire people and bless their families or bless our own families. So charging what you're worth is absolutely the bare minimum. Women especially have got to get over this idea of I'm going to keep it cheap so people don't think that I'm greedy, right? Not at all. You got to charge exactly what it's worth. What is your time worth to you? What is the value of all of the lessons that you have learned that you have now packaged neatly for somebody else to learn the lesson and skip all the mistakes you made, right? That's worth something. That means something that matters. And so when I first started out, I was like $100 an hour as a coach. I just wanted to get some clients, which I did. And I love my clients. They're so great. But I tended to get people who were sort of kicking tires, right? They're like, oh, sure, I can afford $100. No big deal. Well, a couple of years in, I hired a coach and she was like, oh, honey, you've got to at least double your prices. And I was like, that sounds terrifying. But I did. I was afraid my business would go down. My business more than doubled. Not only did it more than double, but I started to get clients who were more serious about the work they were doing. They were more invested in the outcomes and the results. They were more excited when they had the big light bulb moments. And that's when I really started to realize I need to advertise or market to my premium ideal client, the people who truly want the help, the people who are going to take action that are going to go after those results and who are willing to pay for it because the pain of staying the same is more than the pain of paying me. Gosh, I don't know where the time has gone. Well, we're talking about my favorite stuff is helping women build a business that they're in love with. So yeah, I could talk about it all day. <laughs> oh, Thank you, Anne. We appreciate that. My last two questions are always, if you can give us the number one book you'd recommend for an early entrepreneur. There is a book by Gina Wickham and it's called Get a Grip. And it's a story about using a process to help you get extreme clarity in your business. And so because it's a story, you're reading about characters, but it's very, very inspiring. It was one of my favorites that I've ever read. Thank you for that. My last question is always, what has faith meant to you 
on your journey. Faith means everything because without faith, why do we keep going? The truth is on the entrepreneurial journey, sometimes it's lonely. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's discouraging. But as long as you have faith, And you know you're not really doing this alone and that there are people out there that you have been designed to do good works for, then you can keep pressing on and pressing through and you can be encouraged even on the worst day because you know that what you do matters. Thank you for that message. To our audience, please go to annmwatson.com. There's a cellist that has annwatson.com and she didn't want to sell it to me, so... I have mwatson.com. I know there's a free guide on there. Yeah. Okay. So one of the things that my clients tell me all the time is that they feel like creating a strategy sounds overwhelming and difficult. And so I have created a guide for an easy way to create a strategy based on setting one goal. So you set one goal and then we reverse engineer the strategy that you need so that you can accomplish all of those steps and actually hit that goal. It's written in kind of a parable format. So it's a little bit like a story. We talk about a fictional company and kind of go through that process totally free on my website. I would love for any of your listeners to go and download it. Come find me on Instagram or something and let's talk about it if you're feeling stuck. I want to help make sure that people with a passion and a dream don't get stuck. Thank you so much. And it's been a pleasure. And I'm sure this conversation is really going to help our audience. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I hope you got a lot of information, a lot of actionable things out of these episodes. Please let us know what kind of things you'd like to hear and where we can improve. And if you really love the episode, please support us by going and leaving a review in your podcast listening app. Thank you for choosing to spend your time with the Reinventing Perspectives podcast. We value you. See you again next week. Mm-hmm.